at night, at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. and I was like telling him about, you know, I'm going to, to do some things in Vilnius. And then he just says, okay, let's do it. And I said, really? Let's say at 2 a.m. I tell him the idea. At 2.30, it's like shaking hands. Okay, let's meet. Uh, so we agreed to meet the next day. And actually in two weeks, we launched everything. Vinted is Lithuania's first ever unicorn and Europe's number one second-hand marketplace. With over 80 million users spanning 19 countries, Vinted has raised hundreds of millions of dollars. And it was all sparked by an unexpected exchange at a time and place where good ideas normally die. This is Secret Leaders with me, Dan Murray-Serta. Milda Mitkuta was at a party in 2008 when she ended up chatting to developer Eustace Janauskas. She'd come up with the idea for Vinted after she found herself with too many clothes for the small flat that she'd moved to for university. They decided then and there to make the idea a reality and launched the website just two weeks later, only to forget one critical detail. A decade later, despite many bumps in the road, Vinted was valued at $1 billion. Two years later, in 2021, their valuation soared to $4.5 billion. In the meantime, Milda had actually decided to leave the business in 2017 because her approach to life is special. She compartmentalizes and focuses in a way I don't think I've seen from other guests before. Vinted is not a typical Lithuanian business story, but its roots are wrapped in the country's history. Milda was six when the Soviet Union fell, and Lithuania became independent. It was at a time of rapid change, and it challenged the society she was growing up in. In the Soviet Union, it was very like, difficult times. Everything collapsed. People used to, to you know, to their society where government gives everything. Now, totally different capitalism world. You need to work, and you need to pay for water, for electricity, for everything. So I guess that uh, for many, for many uh, people and my relatives, it was very difficult to adapt to the society. And my aunt was actually, I, I would say she was inspiration because she said, okay, I'm, I'm not going to, to, to give up. I want to do what I want to do. So my first job was at my aunt. Uh, so she opened a tourism agency and, and actually it worked. And it was, at some time it was one of the top five or top, top ten companies in Lithuania uh, with income in tourism. So tell us about how like the opportunity with Vinted came about. Who were the people involved? Where did you meet? Like Where did this idea come about? The idea came up when I was moving from my native town, uh, Kaunas, to, to Vilnius, to the capital, to study my master's degree. It was like you know, the first time I, I was moving from my mother's apartment, which was a bit bigger, to the rented one. So it was three, four times smaller than, uh, than I used to live. So you can imagine if the apartment is smaller, so it means the wardrobe is also smaller, like you know, three, four times. So I came up with very full closet. And then I was moving to Vilnius, and it was okay, it doesn't fit. Like, you know, I can bring like one, th- one third or maybe two thirds, of, actually one third of items uh, to Vilnius, and that's it. Like, and for me, like, the, the craziest thing was standing that, okay, I, I counted like, I don't know, like 100 uh, items that I, like, I, I haven't ever used, or it was like some of them were almost new, like, or like, even with text. So this is how I came up with the idea. Uh, and then I was actually just moved to, to Vilnius 
and I was invited to my friend invited to housewarming party, and I met Eustace, the developer. So it's, it was a magic match, <laughs> uh, and I told him like it was I don't know it was I mean it was uh, at night at two a.m. or three a.m. and I was like. Telling him about, you know, I'm going to, to do some things in business. I found a new job in PR agency, but I have an idea. Like, we should open online closet for each girl. Like, you know, each girl should, should have um, a chance to open the closet, to upload all the stuff. And, you know, any girl can browse in each girl's closet. So, so this is like, it was just the initial idea. And then you start, okay, let's do it. And I said, Really? Because at the beginning I said, okay, I'm going to program it myself. She said, like, seriously, like, you need to study, like, for years, like, to, to learn to program. And he said, so let's do it together. So we agreed. So I, let's say at 2 a.m. I tell him the idea. At 2.30, it's like shaking hands. Okay, let's meet. Uh, so we agreed to meet next day uh, to think about the name, about all the plan, how we we're going to set up everything to, you know, the roadmap and so on. So we met next day. And actually, in two weeks, we launched everything. So it's, uh, it was, you know, okay, it was launched. It was terrible launch because, um, well, not that terrible because it was um, just, I made kind of my own press release and shared with all the media. And it happened that like in one hour, like all the radio stations, well, almost all the radio stations started to call us asking for interview, like even TV and uh, also like news portals and everyone like started to call us and like ask like, you know, oh, God, oh guys, what are you doing? And so on. So, and then we realized, okay, we forgot to add buy buttons. So, you know, it was, it happened like you see, like, I don't know, two or three hundred items, but it was just the catalog. So everyone who wants to buy, it's like, Okay, so how can I do that? So it shows that it was like we were, we were so, um, uh, I would say, very junior <laughs> at doing things and uh, developing products. But I think it helped us because we did, because we just uh, felt passion and we didn't have time so much for making strategy, making business plan, thinking about is there any competition. Uh, so it was, you know, it was, okay, let's do it because we have normal jobs. So it means that there's nothing to risk. You said we launched, it was terrible. Well, actually it wasn't so terrible, but we had no buy button. How was that not terrible? So, um, you know, the thing is very small. So some of friends wrote me <laughs> like, no, so how should I buy? <laughs> or so at the same time, the, the one journalist asked, okay, I wrote about you, but I want to buy to check your website, but it doesn't work. I was like, Oh, sorry. So uh, I said, I called to Eustace and we said, okay, let, give me like uh, one hour and I will fix that. And he did that. So, you know, we were super flexible. So it was like, you know, Eustace was, you know, at, at his computer. And uh, for him, it was a challenge because he, he had a full-time job like I did. Uh, so we all, like, I don't know, two, three years of, of winter, it was developed at nights and during the weekends because it wasn't a full-time job. We were volunteers for three years, so, you know, so we didn't earn any money. Why, why do you think it got lots of press when it launched? What was so different about it? Is it just because it was Lithuanian started in Lithuania? I think that some of them took that uh, funny part. Oh, look, they are trying to make online secondhand, so maybe that's why they wrote. <laughs> maybe some of them, they just didn't have some news to write, <laughs> so that's why they added our press release and the cultist. But uh, the younger generation, they understood. 
from the beginning, we noticed the attraction from very young audience. So I was 21, 22. So my age group, it was like super organic and super active. To start Vinted, I uploaded my about 100 items. And I you cannot imagine how many I, uh, requests I received about can we swap, can I buy, uh, and so on. In two weeks, I met with maybe 20, 30 people. They saw that it's working. So then they started to upload themselves. So no, it was at that time, core members, they were super influencer. And somehow, I, uh, I don't know, my friends, they are super active as well. And it's very kind of creative and they are like open-minded. So I think for them, for my generation, for my age group, it was a let's do it for all uh, older generation like my mother my grandmother so it was uh what are you doing to you know you're just wasting your time even after like uh, five years or six years after vintage was launched my grandmother used to say okay tell me when, when you're going to find a, a normal job so for her it was still very hard to believe but i think that for younger generations well they are online people and so then everything is online but there's still a lot of it you know around changing habits and behaviors which i think is the innovative part where you got onto a relatively new insight right because i mean ebay was around they had a strong footing in the marketplace anyway what is it about Vinted that actually stood out and helped you establish like dominance of your own? One of the things that was like, we were 100% focused on fashion and style clothing. It was like, if you come here for dress or shoes, you will not find here cars or bikes. So I think it was, the thing was that you can see only fashion and style things at one place. They said, okay, it's like very... Um, like-minded community, you know, everyone seeks for the same things. We didn't have eBay, but we have similar uh, competition here in Lithuania. So for me, it was like far more convenient to upload and sell on Vinted. So, so it was, you know, I guess it's a very practical thing. And I guess that we just saw the niche and we focused on that and it just worked. So I like, obviously often in this space, the best product does win. And you're saying it was easier to use and therefore that might be the reason why it was winning. But obviously that only takes you up into a certain point. Um, with something like Vintage, which it's the first unicorn out of Lithuania, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you are literally national royalty in your country one way or another. Started from two in the morning, kind of hacking stuff together, forgetting to put a buy button on. Um, the part between becoming one of Europe's most valuable companies and that moment where you're hacking stuff together and, you know, forgetting the pure basics of what you're even meant to do to sell clothes. How did you, like, how did you get enough funding to take you through? Because also I can imagine Lithuania is probably not the most liquid venture capital and angel investor market in Europe. At that time, investors said, Lithuania, Vilnius, no, no, no way. So actually, with our our funding, it was a very interesting thing because um, the first two investments we reached, uh, we got without uh, seeking that. Okay, so everything started. Then okay, we launched, and the first two years we said okay, we stay at our normal jobs and we just um, keep going what we are doing. And Vinted is just our experimental platform for me as a marketing person, for Eustace as developer uh, to do. Thinks what you like. But then, even though we were playing and doing lots of mistakes, it was like one company calls us, we want to buy. And it was like, like in, in a few months, 
another company is calling. We want to buy. It was like, okay, something is happening because in two years we got about five requests to to sell the company. Well, company was it's like project, I would say. But we didn't. We we decided not to not to sell the company because we saw that it was mostly Lithuanian players, and they said we see you as a competitors, and we want to to close you or just to monetize uh, from the first moment. And for us, we said, okay, money, at that time, money, it wasn't that big. And so, okay, not worth that. We want to have platform for ourselves. But in three years, uh, one business angel, Mantas, and he said, like, okay, guys, do uh, do you know what you are doing? Because uh, it's so popular. It was popular in Lithuania and already in Germany. So it was a big boom in Germany as well, because we launched in 2010. And in one year, it was like skyrocketing. If you're trying to grow your startup and you're dealing with companies outside of the UK, you're probably going to need ISO 27001 at some point. It's not the sexiest acronym, but it's basically the global standard for proving your security practices are up to scratch, like how you handle customer data. The same goes with SOC 2. You're going to need it if you're a SaaS company. But achieving these security frameworks can be very tedious and very costly. This is where our partner Vanta comes in. Vanta automates up to 90% of the work for certifications like ISO 27001, SOC 2, GDPR, HIPAA, and more, getting you audit ready in weeks instead of months and saving you up to 85% of the cost. And as a special offer, our listeners get 20% off Vanta. Just head to vanta.com slash secretleaders. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash secretleaders for 20% off. There's a link in the description. Look, you know I'm fascinated by AI. But until the machines take over, there's only one thing that's going to determine your company's fortunes. People. This isn't some kind of hollow point to make me look good. If you speak privately to any successful entrepreneur, they'll confirm it's true. So, if you're a leader of a growing business, then you should check out Personio. It brings together all the important HR things like hiring, onboarding, payroll data, performance reviews, and so on. You don't want loads of employees sending you emails asking for time off. You want to be able to see things objectively, like it's taking you too long to hire. You want to do performance reviews well, having clear goals for people that are logged in a centralized system. And you want to do all these things in one simple tool without having to become an HR expert. All of this is possible with Personio. Check it out at personio.com forward slash secret leaders. That's personio.com forward slash secret leaders. There's a link in the show notes. Three years into their journey, Milda and Eustace had expanded Vinted into Germany. But To continue to grow into new markets, they needed to get serious. And that's where Mantis Mikukas came in. He was Vinted's first investor and is now Vinted's chief operating officer. Milda credits him as one of the founders of the company. He came to us and said, okay, can you imagine that we can go to Europe? We can go to the, we can do like the global movement. And for us, like, Seriously, like secondhand, we thought that I think it was like somehow self-esteem when you are from Lithuania, from post-Soviet Union, didn't travel so much at that time. And it was it's a small country, like it's a small idea and it can work. Okay, if it worked in Germany, it's just the accident. Like it's not a not, not big thing. So for us, it was self-esteem was pretty low. But Manta said, come on, guys, 
let's try because otherwise you don't know what, what will happen. So he convinced us and he said, I don't want to buy you. I want to invest and to work together. And for us, it worked very well because we said, okay, we don't want to sell it because we want to, you know, still to have this playground. So he joined as first business angel. He made a big impact to the company and I'm actually calling him as a co-founder. So he did a lot, a lot of things there. And then we, we have, okay, one year with Manta's money, we can, let's try to enter new markets and to product, uh, to make more like perfect product. And, and how much, how much money, sorry, how much was that investment? It was 600k euros. So he invested 600k personally and at what valuation at the time? Broadly three, four million, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's something like that. Yeah, it, it was something like that. So, okay. it's, yeah. so therefore a very good investment on a billion dollar company. Yeah, so it was very perfect. Yeah. And um, yeah, so he invested and and said, okay, so let's um, let's do something uh, like because as I said, the product was really like very bad and the design was like terrible. Now that I'm more, much more sophisticated in design, user user experience, and so on, I look back and I say, like, okay, the market, the generation really needed this product because with such a design like disaster technical issues bugs and everything they they kept using and they just they didn't care so much so yeah and then after the, the, that year with mantas uh, we spent lots of time for product development and to make a more smooth experience and and then uh, somehow uh, again accident happened that accident, as Milder calls it, was a call from Axel Partners, an American venture capital firm. Milder and her Vinted team weren't that interested at the beginning. At that time, we didn't Google who they are. It was like, no, like, okay, so if you want, you can come to Vinted, that's okay. Like, so we are open. We are not sure if we want to, you know, to if you're looking for, for, for funding. And they flew here and then... Then they were coming to Vilnius, we Googled who they are. I was like, oh my God, they invested to Facebook, Dropbox, <laughs> Angry Birds, and so on. So for, for us, it was, okay, it's, again, something big. Maybe we don't understand that. So for us, it was a big, like, milestone because someone who is, in a, like, among top noticed us. So, mm. so it was also very nice. And uh, How much did they invest? I guess maybe 5 million euros. So with our first uh, 600k, it was, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, we can do like, you know, like sky's the limit. Like we can do anything we want. It was, and then Excel came with 5 million. So for us, it was, it's like, for actually it was one of the challenge. Like, you, you know, you are like no name company and you're all young. It was like, everyone was under 30. Some of us had some experience. Some of us didn't have any experience in developing business. So it was, okay, you get 5 million and of course you get some goals, like, you know, in two years, prove that you can enter Latin markets. Can you do it more professionally and show us that you can enter new market professionally? So for us, you know, it's like we have 5 million, we have trust, which is sometimes, okay, no pressure, but pressure, like for yourself. But I think that it's, it was nice because we were a pretty strong team together. So it was, okay, it's like, you know, passionate about building new stuff and I guess in some way we all were afraid and nervous about what we we're doing but at the same time too, too enthusiastic and too visionaries about where we want to get so it helped us to, to move on so so yeah but still it was a challenge because 
they said uh, like uh, Excel partners, okay, let's make a budget. And for us, oh, budget, uh, like, you know, like uh, what lines we should we add here? So, so yeah, it's, but you know, it's learning curves. Okay, so what's the biggest risk you've ever taken and did it pay off? Actually, there was a time that we almost got bankrupt. So we had about six months to survive. It happened because we were looking for our business model. And you know, with startups, you get some money for, from venture capital. That's why you can, you can grow, you can um, develop your product. But at the same time, it was like, you no, know, the thing that you don't think about your business model. And then times changed. And of course, then you are like a pretty mature business. So it means you start to think, you need to start to think about how you're going to earn money. So we were looking so for some some ideas and uh, and we said okay let's monetize everything members need to pay for everything otherwise we cannot survive and uh, so we monetized very heavily and then what happened so we saw all the numbers decreasing and for us it was actually a difficult time because we kind of intuitively feel, feel, felt that we are doing something bad that it shouldn't work and actually it didn't work. And so and finally we made a switch like you know okay we have money for six months um we don't know are we going to survive or not but let's make a huge switch back to our core and let's make our product free of charts again so and then it got back to track and we started to grow and it was very like grew like insane vintage today is obviously quite a special and quite enormous company by many measures right you've got um Offices in Vilnius, Berlin, Prague, Amsterdam, Utrecht. You operate in 16 markets. You've got over 1,000 members of staff and 75 million users. So it is a behemoth of success. You obviously seem archetypally uh, humble and certainly very normal, very, you know, sometimes you meet um, entrepreneurs of these very successful businesses and there's a lot of bravado and confidence and you did something unusual um to the outside eye maybe like you stepped away a few years ago to pick a different career path for the time being a different project as i believe you you describe it i'd love you before segueing like why you left vinted i'd love you to just share your attitude as a person as a human being about how you give things your focus and energy or not? For me, it's very important to, to have playful environment, playful people that, you know, it's, it's kind of fun. And it's like you enjoy being together and creating things. Also, I would say I'm very open. Like in this case, I, I'm not afraid to say that I don't know something. And uh, you know, I was 21, so I like for me, it was first business experience. And I was like, to do business, what? Like, to make strategy, what? Like, I, I actually, it was a tough journey for me as well, like to, to develop myself as well as a, as a person and as a professional. Like, you, know, you need to add discipline, strategy, like um, team, like managing people, leader and so on. So, so for me, it was very like challenging, I would say. So I also think that my advantages were like you no know, more people skills, more like vision, and very spontaneous and uh, very like creative. But at the same time, my weaker part is like that analytical part. So our self-critic was pretty strong in me. So that's why I was able to say, okay, I need to fill 
knowledge of analytical skills, of strategy skills together in my team, and then we can work together. So, so I think that that helps because then you don't have to pretend to be the most important or most most knowledgeable person in the, in the room. Your choice to leave Vinted, like you were kind of saying, you know, you want it to be fun. Reading between the lines, is it that it stopped being fun for you? It stopped being as much play for you? Like no. Okay, so why why leave? It's a gender thing, I would say, what happens. So, like, it's for me. So I said, okay, maybe it's time for family. Like, you know, I possibly won't be able to have kids when I'm 50. So it's like, you know, very practical, like very practical things. And it was, okay, when? And the answer was always when. Then when I would be ready to, you know, step away. And I realized that, okay, that the answer, if you ask for the right time, it might never come. Companies like like a child and, and you can dedicate yourself like 1000% and it will take you as much as you give. So for me, it was the, the question like, okay, when is the time to leave? But at the same time, okay, maybe it's also like the, the other part. I started to feel that, you know, I guess that like like CEOs, it's there are, there are like war CEO, startup CEO, um, scale CEO and so on. So I felt that I can shine in the company small or, or small enough, not like you no know, 2,000 people, not just 3,000 people. Then you know people, you know the processes, you can you can create many things and move fast and, and do many experiments because then you're big enough. So it means that processes needs to be implemented in, in the company and you need to follow like, you know, those, you know, those rules. And for me, it's kind of, that's okay, because I, I, you know, all the big companies, they need to have those processes. But, you know, I guess that I just had to, to answer to myself that, okay, maybe I'm not, um, you know, I'm not shining in such environment, though I still enjoyed it and I had lots of challenges. And I, if I had stayed, I think it, I would still have lots of pleasure there. So, yeah, so I'm that kind of person. But, but I guess, so this is maybe secondary goal, but still important. But the primary goal was that, okay, uh, when is the time to, to create family? And uh, if I decide that, okay, I'm 50 and I want my first child, maybe it's too late. So my husband, he tried to reduce his job at his, at his company. So he said, okay, if we suspend our uh, business activities, so let's do it not for one, not for two, but let's say for four or five kids in a row. So this is all our plan. Okay, if we leave, so, and especially if I leave, it should count. <laughs> and uh, so that's why, uh, like in six years, uh, now I have four kids and I'm closing this project as well. <laughs> so. Wow. Four kids in six years. Yeah. So four boys, no girls. <laughs> oh, no. Not that you ever want to admit you'd be disappointed, but <laughs> are you tempted for a fifth just in case? Um, we were thinking about and we said, okay, maybe let's close that deal as well. Maybe it's time you know, to shine in other projects as well. <laughs> you know, so it's nice. Okay, if that um, fifth would come, we would be happy. But somehow, like, I like to live by projects. My life, the, the whole life is uh, divided into projects. So it was business, like uh, like Winter's project. The second part was, uh, was family project. Um, and now, I don't know, now I don't have a plan yet, but you know, like for me, it's like, 
it's very fragile because like six years in six years four kids five cats two master degrees so so for me it was you know very intense time and i say okay maybe it's time to take a rest <laughs> like maybe you know like i would like to have at least six or 12 months like you know reading my books and maybe like i'm practicing pottery i flew sometimes to barcelona to learn more from from some masters to, to build more beautiful pots. And, you know, this is like what I enjoy now. So, so it's like, you know, to have some more time for myself. Just in terms of leaving your company, like how did you handle financially that choice? So obviously when you're in the company, you can take salary, you have equity, but when you've raised that much money, I guess where I'm really saying here is I, I'm hoping that you've taken secondary. So uh, yeah, well, to an extent, right? Because this is the th one thing that comes up so often with our guests. Um, what we've learned on this show is like the smart ones, when they have leverage, they take secondaries in the big rounds and make sure that they're sorted because they fucking deserve to. And there's some real horror stories on this show as well where people don't and you know, it ends badly. So what's your story? Yeah, so in our in our case, uh, it was all the good case, all, all, all the team members. So I'm still a shareholder, but we all managed to, to do some, some exit. So, 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 but it, so it was decision. Do you want to, to make full exit or just partial? So, mm. so, and how much it depends on you, like personally. So, so, you know, so, so we, we had that, uh, that's uh, a luxury, I would say. I was going to say, that's a luxury of a business going well. If your business is going well, if it's really flying, you get to choose your circumstance. So congratulations to you. That's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and it's a really great example of like, you know, um, knowing what to negotiate when you are in control. Like maybe things don't always go amazingly, but when they are super important, you make sure that you know you're in the driving seat and that those are the times to negotiate for what you deserve. Very important lesson for any listener. I guess I want to touch on something that you said as well, which is you're project-based, you're all in or nothing, so you're all in on the business. Um, what about relationships, friends, family? You know, you seem like you were talking with a lot of intensity, like I'm all in on this intensity or, or not at all. So were you able to find some kind of balance? Did you struggle with friends? It was ups and downs, I would say. So the first uh, six years, so I would say there was like no, I would say like, sorry to say that, but I was no lifer. So like no, no going to birthdays, like no, not even having time to send message like happy birthday to my best friend. So, so it was like, you know, I was like kind of uh, about five, six years of no lifing, <laughs> but it also it also was necessary, I guess. It helped me as well. Because before, I was like, no, I couldn't say no. So with a very intense winter agenda, I forced myself to learn to say no and ask myself whether I want to meet that person or whether I want to, to get into this project or to, 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 I don't know, to mentor this person or someone. You know, you know we get lots of requests. So, because I feel like I like those, you know, meetings with friends or with colleagues where, you know, meet and you brainstorm you create you you know you build your th new things and it's like and because it, it gives me like you no know, energy and power to to move further so this is how i just uh, it helped me to you know to choose uh what what i want to see in my life and what i don't want to see so but now i'm actually a very 
stubborn in this case to have more time for my like important people so because you can say okay i i I love my kids but i don't have time for them i love i love to meet uh, some inspirational people but i don't have time for that so but it means that maybe they're not your priority or you don't know how to make priority so it's just like you know again you can become more like will sound bitchy for someone but sorry, it's like, it's it's your life. So it's, you need to say no and you need to prioritize what you're doing in business, but at the same time in personal life. Yeah, I often say to people, you know, people will always say, I'm too busy for this, I'm too busy for that. And I always say, you're not too busy. You just have different priorities. And that's absolutely fine. However, you're projecting that onto me. You're projecting that you're too busy and you're trying to create this whole narrative that actually lacks some self-awareness and simply people who are too busy are picking to do other things you know for example i'm currently too busy to do lots of work stuff because i'm prioritizing being a dad to my daughter and it was a conscious choice and at other times i've definitely been too busy to be conscious with my friends and family because i've been prioritizing work and it's never been a case of being too busy. It's just always been a case of what am I choosing to put first? And so long as you're honest about that stuff, I also feel like you don't get as stressed making those choices. If you are making choices about where you're spending time and you've thought about it and it's in alignment and you look at your calendar and these things all match up, you also don't feel so stressed and guilty about it because you're like, I'm doing what I should do with who I should be doing it with and I'm where I should be. I always say, okay, this is the stage. Like at the moment, my priority is this one, but one day it will change and I can switch my priorities back to uh, Because when I was at Vinted, for me it was, okay, I don't have time for friends, for people, for culture, like, you know, for theaters, festivals. Like I didn't have any time of, time of that. And for me it helped, okay, so this is the stage. Like I'm doing business now. Later I will do something else what I like, but now I'm just like consciously choose to do that. So then you know that it's not for, you know, not for like, not eternity. Yeah, I totally agree. It's all about just being honest with yourself and giving it the thought. Okay, so what widely accepted business belief do you think is just not true in your opinion? Don't share information with someone else because it will be stolen. So I think this one is like, I don't understand this <laughs> because uh, even like I'm doing lots of mentorship and like I once I, I met uh, like one guy who said, I have, I, I'm looking for a mentor, but I cannot tell you the idea uh, because, you know, I'm afraid that someone can steal it. I was like, yep. seriously? Like, so I think it's a very wide so problem of being afraid to tell idea. I completely agree. I absolutely cannot stand stealth mode, which is what people call it. No yeah. one cares about your idea. Yeah. And actually, actually like with Vinted, there, there was a, when, I, when we launched Vinted, I, I got so many messages. Oh, I had the same idea. I was thinking about the same business. Okay. So, you know, idea wasn't unique. It was just, you know, it was just on the right time. Yeah. But also the team was there who, who made it. And that's it. Like, you know, so idea plus team and work that, that makes it happen, but not just the idea. Absolutely. Execution is 99% of the law. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree. Yeah, because I had the same idea as Amazon and I can't believe it. I should be that guy. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I thought about selling books online. What the hell? Okay, uh, final question. What is one piece of advice you'd give to other people who, I guess, you know, just like you, want to uh, break out 
you know, want to do something different. They want to give it their full focus and create a really meaningful business. And I mean, I just so inspired by the fact you did this, obviously, from a, a place where entrepreneurship wasn't really the thing, right? As in, uh, perhaps, you know, people listening to this can relate not necessarily from being in a country like Lithuania, but in an environment surrounded by people who aren't into entrepreneurship and, you know, from family and friends who just don't think of this at all. Like, what is your message to people like that? Don't build the cosmic, cosmic ship from the beginning. Like, iterate, like, step by step. And like, uh, even the twin that we work like agile, uh, with agile systems, you work in sprints. It's, it's better to to release something in two weeks. Actually, it's one of my motto. Like, you know, start with small iterations, step by step. Don't try to make perfect thing. You can build, you know, the plane while driving it, and that's okay. Maybe it's more like chaotic, chaotic, or like you know, more stressful. But at the same time, it's more relaxing because you don't um, put very high ambition. I want to be the first, the biggest, the best. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go step by step, and I will see what will happen. Milda Mitkuta, who taught me that work doesn't always have to be the top priority and that I really shouldn't be afraid of making mistakes. If you enjoyed this episode and found it useful, please can you do me a favor and write us a review and subscribe to the show. Thank you. I've been your host, Dan Murray-Serta, and we'll be back next week with more lessons for entrepreneurs and leaders. The episode was produced by Ruth Edwards and Sol Harris and all brought together by our head of podcast, Will Stolleman. See you next time.